0: Welcome to the Diamond Frequency Podcast. My name is Kim Fisher. I am a manifesting coach and a spiritual business leader showing women how to find, refine, and sustain the life of their dreams in order to achieve success and lasting happiness and impact in this world. I do this through the lens of my research background in cognitive science, psychology, and human-computer interaction, plus insights from my two decades of yoga practice and teaching and entrepreneurship experience. I believe that the world needs where you want to take us, and therefore, this podcast serves as a portal for your soul's highest yes to take center stage and for action to be ignited in your life. It's an honor to have your ears, heart, and attention. Let's go get it. Hey guys, welcome to this week's episode where we're going to be talking all about embodiment as medicine. Embodiment, guys, everything I do inside of my signature programs, no matter if it's MMM, rise revolution, or the diamond frequency is all about embodiment. Embodiment is an act and a state. It's a process and a state. It's something that we can do, but it's also how you live your life. This is really important. It's, it's really important that you get this. It's really important that you understand how powerful and impactful this is. Whenever I take on a new one-on-one client, it's one of the first things we talk about. What is your embodiment practice like? In fact, I won't even take on clients now that don't have some sort of spiritual embodiment practice already. Because it is that critical to you understanding yourself, to you examining what is the right way forward for you? What is the frequency that you're tapping into? Whose energy are you tapping into? What would it look like to let your body lead in certain situations? Can we trust that more? Can we heal from the body? Will you allow yourself to heal from the body? We get to ask all of these questions and more when we are in the realm of embodiment. So it's very important that you understand that a lot of the heartache, a lot of the trauma, a lot of the sluggishness, the fear that we hold in our bodies that we think is just a part of our story, it's who we are. Is sometimes not always, but sometimes a result of just not having a stimulating, high vibe, high energy embodiment practice. Once you start to do an embodiment practice and raise your energy, everything changes. Raising your energy affects how you breathe. Breathing deeply, breathing more, for crying out loud, is such a great way to stimulate the mind. Is such a great way to bring a beautiful state of balance and health into your entire entire ecosystem of your body and all its systems. When you're energized, you make different choices because you're aware, you're thinking differently. You're responding differently. You're showing up in different ways. And when your energy is higher, we tend to also think about other people and their feelings. There's a higher sense of empathy. There's a higher sense of connection with the culture and world around us. And so your decisions don't feel like they're such in a vacuum. Your decisions aren't so um, selfish. Not that we're trying to be selfish, but they can be. If they're just I-centric. When we raise our energy, we can pick our, hand, our head up out of the sand and look around and, and think about other people for a second and how our actions affect others. Or what way can I love people more? Because I've got the overflow of energy now. Whereas before, we tend to have low amounts of energy, and what equates with that is we think everything is our problem. We think everyone else's problems are our problems to shoulder. Also, we think that we are the victim. We play the victim a lot when we have low energy. We don't really feel like we can provide ourselves with a solution. We feel helpless. We don't want to help out. We become bystanders instead of participating. We don't raise our hand in staff meetings. We don't speak up and help our kids out, our family members. We don't speak up and love our significant others more. There's a lot that gets neglected because we're in such a low vibrational state. Embodiment practices raise your energy and bring us into these more refined, high vibe energy states where we're less particle and more wave less matter, and more energy. And we're vibrating at a higher frequency from our higher energetic state, from our higher vibrational mood and energy. We can connect with source there because we're less particle, we're more wave. We're less matter, we're more energy. And so we're getting into the realm of the speed of light, the speed of sound, these things that really make up the more... mm, high vibe energy of the fields around us. And so this is where it comes into manifesting. Some of us really do think we can manifest what we want from a lower vibrational state. If I just think about it enough, right? If I vision board it, if I say the affirmations over and over and over again, I will get it. And that's not enough. We have to bring the body in and we have to do it early and often and do it all the time. Bringing the body in is the container space. The body is the temple to which we can perform all of our magic. The body is the temple and the energy field for which our intentions sit. And they become us and we live through them. So embodiment is very important. How do we embody? So I mentioned earlier is a state, like it's a thing you can do right? But it's also how you live your life. So let's talk first about the things you can do. So I am forever and always talking about my radical rituals. If you work inside the programs with me, you eventually learn how to do them because I teach them in everything. All of my signature offers, radical rituals are a part of it. And diamond frequency, a little less because that's really for the women who are very established in their energy practices already. But we do embody the work inside of it. Radical rituals are a special blend of reclaiming energy, raising the energy, receiving requests from the body, responding with a yes, recalibrating and reclaiming. Those are the four R's of radical rituals. Raising energy, responding to the requests of the body, recalibrating, breaking the mold, and then reclaiming. Reclaiming our highest self. Through those four steps that are inside of the radical ritual, we feel liberated. Why do we feel liberated? Well, we've raised our energy. We've gone from particle to wave, less matter, heavier feelings, denser feelings, to more refined, high vibe feelings. We're moving up in the spectrum of frequency of energy. And when you're vibrating with more energy, you're just in a better mood. Your outlook is optimistic. You are participating more in staff meetings. You're you know, holding the door open for people. We're doing some of those like basic human things. We don't need to be like Buddhas to do good work in the world. We can just raise our energy a little bit every single day and do really great work. Smiling a little bit more in today's day and age, are you kidding me? That's a really great heroic work. (laughs) It is, isn't it? Like Jokes aside, it's actually a really big deal to be a happy person nowadays. And you can have an, a tremendous effect on other people's lives around you. You know this. And that's one of the benefits, the side effects of you taking ownership of your embodiment practice is the ripple effect you have on others around you. So lots of benefit for community and society as well. And Those of you that are yoga teachers, that are healers, that are coaches, that are leaders, your clients, your students absolutely need you to be that holding space for them, that sanctuary, that space of safety. And so that means you having an embodiment practice in order to be that person for them. They might not necessarily need an embodiment practice. I always will think that they do, but you might not be teaching that, but you need to be the one who has an embodiment practice so you can hold the energetic intention for the work that you're doing, right? So radical rituals is one way. I also use a lot of vocalization inside of my work. So I will chant mantra, traditional Hindu mantra, but I'll also just let myself make up vocalization. Sometimes I do the vowels and I let myself roar, be really quiet. I pick any pitch I want, any volume I want, and I just go for it. And that's part of me getting out of my own way ego will say, this sounds weird. This sounds horrible. Uh, like hope no one's listening. That's ego. That's fine. But that's not necessarily the high vibe we're looking for. The energy of embodiment is I trust myself. If embodiment could speak, it would say that I trust myself. I don't question myself. If embodiment could speak, it would say I, I'm safe with me and I love me. And so I'm going to do whatever the hell I want. As long as it doesn't hurt anyone, I'm going to honor myself, honor the requests and desires of my body. And if you practice that in the comfort of your own home, doing weird things like vocalizations, which to me are no longer even weird. I teach them in retreats. If you come and meet me live, I teach them all the time. I teach them inside of my containers. It's powerful. Because it activates, it opens up the channels inside of your body, especially the throat chakra. Throat chakra is above the heart chakra. The heart is the creative center of our body. That's where our love is. And so we're able to express our love, express our creativity through the voice. So it's very powerful that we are open in the throat and open in the heart. Then we drop down below that, we get into the areas of the sacral chakra and sacral, or the solar and the sacral, and the root. And in those three lower vibrational chakras, we're really talking about stability, um, basic needs met, sexuality, community, trust, safety, those things. So when those are all attuned and those are healthy, we can rise up into the energy of the heart, and we're getting more and more refined energy as we move up. Less particle, more wave less matter, more energy, less lower feelings like lost and greed when they're unhealthy, and higher feelings like love and intimacy, connection, and oneness with everything around you, enlightened thoughts, etc. Does that make sense? Your embodiment practice is the gateway there. It's the channel there. It's really important. So vocalizations open up the throat. They get me out of my own way so that I can really just hear the needs of the body and respond. And then I shorten that pathway between feel and hear the needs of the body and responding with yes. And as I practice that week after week, month after month, year after year, not even year after year, week after week, I form an identity around that practice, which is when my body gives me a signal. That I want to do this. This feels really good. I no longer hesitate. I honor my body. I respect its desires. It's a part of me. I respect my desire. And I say, yes, I go for it. That's a powerful person someone who does not second guess herself, who does not shame herself after she does something or says something. There's no rumination because we're so present. We don't need to go back and pick up the pieces and go, oh, actually what I meant was, or oh, I hope they didn't take it the wrong way. No, we know who we are. We stand in that core solidarity. We stand in that love. We honor ourselves and we're speaking and moving and acting and behaving from that higher frequency because of your embodiment practice. Meditation, of course, very important. For getting out of the particle world, out of the world of matter, and getting into spaciousness, getting into the quantum, focusing and meditating on spaces without thoughts, focusing on the world without preferences. Who are you without your preferences? Meditation is key. And then I would say breathwork. Breathwork is awesome. So this is not the order I do things in. Breath work usually starts first, then I do a little radical rituals, then I do vocalizations and I might bounce it back into breath work, a little bit more radical rituals. And then finally, I'm sitting still in my meditation or standing, as I was doing the other day in my backyard in the woods, standing, eyes closed, completely in samadhi. It was incredible. So pick a combination that works for you. Pick a combination. Make it work for you. Make it feel incredible. The goal is to raise your energy, and when you do, you'll feel less alone. You'll feel more connected. And right there, you're about being with people. You're about serving others. You're less about yourself, and you're more about loving other people. You're less about how does this look? Was I being silly? Did I make it ass of myself? And you're like, I really hope they got the message because I love sharing that. Right? Like we get out of our way. And we let the love flow through. It's that higher vibrancy that comes through from embodiment. Okay, so those are examples. And of course, you guys going to the gym, dancing, aesthetic dance, running, karate, forest bathing. There's so many other ways to embody. But it's important that the intentionality is there. When I go to the gym, it is an embodiment practice of sorts. But I'm not going there really thinking about connecting with my higher self. I'm thinking about the reps. I'm thinking about time under tension. I'm focused on the muscle group I'm trying to build. I focus on my breathing. I focus on keeping my core tight. Whereas here at home, when I'm doing radical rituals, it's very much an energy practice. The intention is I'm connecting with my higher self. I'm finding her. I'm making her the biggest thing in the room. And I'm loving her. So you might be able to do that at the gym. I just don't choose to, okay? But I wanted to land that there. Intentionality is everything with your embodiment practice. Now let's talk about the actual embodiment as the state you're in. When someone says that they've embodied it, you know it. And embodied concepts look, sound, and feel very natural. If you're listening to someone, let's give an example. If you're listening to someone who is just starting to explain how they learned about, I don't know, let's use something I can talk about, I guess, yoga, right? They just started to learn about yoga. If they haven't fully embodied teaching yoga yet, they'll stumble a little over their words, or they'll give you a couple lines that, you know, maybe they've heard a million other people say, somehow you can sense that they haven't had the experience yet of fully living it, fully embodying it. And that's okay. No one's wrong in that moment, but you know what I mean, right? You can sense that someone hasn't embodied something. They're still a little green. They're still a little new at it. And there's not this depth to them when they speak of it. Versus someone who's done it for a while, who's had a lot of experience, when they talk about it, there's no convincing energy. When they talk about it, they're not trying to prove themselves. It's embodied. It's just who they are. And it's just what they know. They know it to be true. It's their truth. They could care less whether you like it or not. They can care less whether you agree or not. Not to be rude, but they're, just, they're, they're in their knowing. And those people have embodied a concept. They've embodied a theory. They've embodied the practice itself. And they can talk about it so effortlessly, like they were ordering a meal off of of their favorite restaurant's menu, right? We've all experienced that before. Someone who has embodied their art, embodied their knowledge, embodied wisdom. It's just how they live now, okay? It's just how you live It's what you do everything up until that moment is conceptualization. Not that there's anything wrong with that. There's just a difference. We have to think a little bit more about it. It's a little bit more cerebral. It doesn't quite flow. But when you stick with it, when you keep going and you open up your body perceptually, you open up the energy, you expand how big you can get energetically And you allow these concepts to drip in and you're intentionally trusting yourself. You're intentionally loving yourself as you embody. You will become more confident. You will become more trusting of yourself. And those are the qualities to allow someone to settle in to whatever topic they want to own, what they want to master. It's when we don't trust ourselves and we're trying to hurry the process that we can come across rushed and we don't exactly let it settle into ourselves. And you can sense that person doesn't trust themselves in the material yet. So it really comes back to, if you want to get to the place where you're living, you've embodied your art, your practice, your yoga teaching, your craft, your massage, your artistry, your voice then we need to get back to the practice. The practice of embodiment begets the living of embodiment. The living of something, the living breathing, it's just who I am. To get there, we have to start and acknowledge the act of being in service of what we want to embody. That's the point of the daily embodiment practice. It's in service of the love of what you're learning. And you're learning how to hold it, learning how to hold it so that you can eventually live it. So I hope that this inspires you to get back into and rededicate devotionally to your embodiment practices because they are in service. Of being that embodied individual with whatever it is that you love to do. And by the way, don't be afraid to be conceptual. Don't be afraid to be a beginner. It is a part of the process of learning and growing. There's still stuff that I am learning how to embody all the time. I love it. We don't have to be fully embodied to start teaching, we can be learning ourselves mastery and teaching as well. There's no sense in waiting. You can actually learn a lot by just starting to teach while you're green and while you're just learning. It's okay to be a beginner because as you learn and as you teach, it reinforces what you've learned. And actually teaching when you're not that embodied can accelerate the embodiment process, especially If you're doing a daily embodiment practice, I hope that makes sense. Above all, don't stop learning. It's okay to be a beginner. Trust the process. And when you switch from, I've got to do this to become a master and an expert to I'm doing this because I'm in service of the love of my craft, the love of teaching, the love of my, for the love of my students, the love of my clients, this is a devotional act. You've already won. You've already settled into the core of embodiment and you're going to feel so much trust and love. All right, you guys. And that is where, gosh, I didn't even come back to the topic, the whole topic of this, um, of this podcast today, which is embodiment is medicine. Embodiment is magic. Embodiment is medicine because it does heal our addiction to being right all the time. And our addiction to being perfect. We don't have to do all the things in all the right ways. We just have to work on the right things the way we desire. Embodiment points the way to show you how to work on something, how to embody something, how to hold it, how to learn from it, and how to eventually live it as naturally as you and I are breathing air right now. That is the medicine of embodiment. Thank you so much for being here and I hope this inspired you to pick your embodiment practice back up. If you're like, what the hell is embodiment and how do I do it or I get it but I don't want to do it on my own, then you need to join the Rise Revolution. The membership has consistent uh, embodiment videos given to you the 15th of every month. When the door is open to MMM, you should join. That's the Manifesting Mastery Membership. We dive deep into radical rituals there. It's basically four months of radical rituals and manifesting through the body. There's a lot of it as well, sprinkled in throughout the Diamond Frequency ecosystem too. So plenty of ways to learn about embodiment with me. I love you guys, and I'll see you soon.